0: the Father's love and this wonderful parable that we've been looking at over the past two weeks it's always important to remember why Jesus spoke this parable some people like go straight into the parable but we need to remember why he spoke it in the first place and the reason why he spoke it was because there was some he was spending time with tax collectors and sinners, and there was some people around at that time, religious people, who were self-righteous, self-important, arrogant, full of religion. In fact, they were respectable people, and they looked at others as Not like them. They were not respectable like they are. And they felt an air of respectability about them. And um, they voiced a comment so loud that Luke writes and records what they said. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. In other words, this man can't be from God, because he welcomes sinners. You know, the same thing was said about Jesus when he um, was with a, a woman who lived a life of prostitution. And she was weeping and crying before him. And these men who saw her weeping and crying said, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Same sort of thought, same sort of thinking. This, this respectable man is looking down at someone else. And you know, you don't have to be religious to look down on other people. You don't have to be. The other day I was driving through Dagenham Heathway. And thought I was driving through Dagenham, I, I looked and I, on the side of the road there was people that looked so broken. They looked so poor, so empty. I saw two young children going through a, a, a dustbin looking for Items in a bin. The other day I was parked in Greys over in Thurrock. As I sat down in our car, Kim and I, we saw children as young as five walking along the road all by themselves. And in the park, there's a constant drug problem. Men selling and buying drugs in the park. Now I can understand why nobody wants to live in those areas. But nevertheless, Jesus Christ loves those people in those areas. And there's no need for people, whether they're religious or not, to look down on people living in areas where there's poverty and depravity in those areas. And this is what this religious man was doing. He was looking down at others. And I want to tell you, you do not have to be religious to do that. And so, Jesus here is now going to address this issue. And he's going to address it in this whole parable by looking not at this father so much, not at the young boy, who young son who went missing. He's going to look at the older son in this parable. And that's what we're going to do this morning. This older son in this parable, has something to say about respectable people or religious people who look down on others. And Jesus has something to say about this young man. So the first thing that I want to say this morning about this um, older son, he did not share the father's heart. He did not share the father's heart. We know the story. We find a second son drawing near to the house. He decided to come home after being away. And as he draws home, there's a celebration. And the older boy comes out of the field and he goes to his house and he hears the music and he asks, what's going on? And he's told, your brother has come home. Now, the older brother, he knows that the father was broken when this young man left home. He knows that his father longed every day for this young boy to come back from the far country. He knew that the father's heart was after that young man. It was broken. It was sorrowful. He was sad. He knew that every day his father thought about that young lad. But when he heard, your brother has come home, he was not pleased. In fact, the Bible says that he became angry. The problem was, he saw his brother as a no good waste of time. He saw his brother as a complete and total waste of space. That's his view of his brother. But when he looked at himself, he saw himself with an air of respectability. He's been in a home. He's been around his family, his mother and his father. He's been with family members. He saw in himself an air of respectability. But his brother was a waste of time and a waste of space. That's why he was not pleased when his brother came home. You know, to help us understand that, Jesus had an encounter with a young man who was rich. And this young man came up to Jesus and he said to Jesus, as Jesus died on his way, a man came, ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That was the question. This young man wanted to know how to get into heaven. How to become someone who will sit down with God. He wanted to know how to inherit eternal life. And I want you to see something here because Jesus turns around, the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and the Bible says that he loved him. I love that phrase. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Even though he knew that this man was full of himself, full of respectability, he kept all the commands, he was rich and wealthy, Jesus looked at him and the Bible says he loved him. But Jesus also wanted to show this young man That although Jesus loved him, he did not really love God very much. He thought he did. He thought he loved God more than anything else. He wanted to inherit eternal life. And so Jesus wanted to show him that he loved other things more than he loved God. So Jesus spoke to him and said to him, one thing you lack, he replied, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven, then come follow me. In other words, I see that you love your wealth, you love yourself more than you love me. So, sell everything you have, and follow me, and you will have treasures in heaven. The Bible says a young man went away sad, You know, this man, this brother in the story, he was so full of himself. He loved himself more than anything else that when the father had a joy that his son came back, he became angry and did not share his father's heart because he himself was more concerned about himself than his brother. He loved himself. You know, we live in a day with many in churches, find it far easier to love themselves than anyone else. We live in a day where people like having a good name. They like saying things like, I'm a good son. I'm a good parent. I'm a good daughter. They like saying things like that. I'm better than those toe rags who don't look after their children. I'm better than those horrible children who, don't, who are rude to their parents. I am better than those others who are not as good as me and we judge ourselves in that standard. We are better than those out there who do not do what I do. A few years ago, I used to meet for prayer with me and Jimmy Rowe. We used to pray in the back of the church a few years ago and as we were praying, one of our prayers was this. Father, Teach me, help me to love the things you love and to hate the things you hate. That was one of our prayers, constantly. God, teach me to love the things you love and teach me also to hate the things that you hate. And When I look into myself, Lord, I see things that you hate, Lord. I look into my heart and I see things that you're not pleased with. But oh God, teach me how to hate the things you hate. And Lord, as I come to you, I see in me a broken and a contrite heart. And I know that you will not despise my brokenness, Lord. Teach me, teach me to love the things you love. And to hate the things you hate. That's a prayer that we all should be praying. Because we want to share the father's heart. Sadly, this older boy, he didn't have any respect for his father. He was more concerned about himself. How about you? Will you pray a prayer like that? Will you dare to pray a prayer like that? Lord, I'm looking at my life. Teach me, Lord, to hate the things that you don't like in my life. To work on and to esteem the things that you love and you see and you value, Lord God Almighty, teach me these things. And I will tell you now, when you start praying a prayer like that, God will begin to reveal things in you and begin to give you a distaste for things. Let's move on. He didn't share the father's heart. The second thing this man didn't share, he didn't share the father's grace. I want you to see now the story, this son comes back from a distant country, from the pigsty. And as he's coming back, he made up in his mind what he's going to say. And so we have um, his thoughts, he's going, I just can see him coming home. And repeating these words as he walks back to his house. And he's saying, I'm going to say this. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy of your son. Make me like a hide servant. And he's going back home. Father, forgive me. I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. Make me like a hide. And he's going back home thinking what he's going to say. And when he gets to his father, and his father is hugging him, he stops his dad He's says, Father, I've got something to say. I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, he says. But I want you to see the abundant grace of the Father. Look at the abundant grace of the Father. But the Father said to his servant, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Ignored what he had to say and the father spoke such grace to this boy. Now I want to preach on that verse. I wish I can preach longer or not. It's absolutely an amazing verse because when you look at what the father says, it's what God says to you and to me when we come to him. When you come to him from your brokenness, when you come to him from your sin and your wickedness, when you come to God, the Lord turns around and says, quick, bring the best robe. What is the best robe? It's the robe of righteousness. That's the best robe that anyone can have. Righteousness that you don't have, I don't have. But he says, bring the best robe, the robe of Christ. The robe of righteousness and wrap it round him. But not only that, he turns around and said, Not only bring the robe, but bring the ring. Bring a ring, the ring of authority in my house. This boy was outside my home, but now he's in my home. He was a rebel, but now he's back. Bring the ring he will have authority in my house. I want to tell you, if you're a child of God this morning, you have authority in the house of God. Bring the ring, he says. But he didn't stop there. Look, bring the sandals. I thank my brother Andrew for talking to me about this this week. Bring the sandals. You see, only those who are slaves go about barefoot. Only those who are prisoners of war go about barefoot. But not my son, he says. No longer is he a prisoner in the devil's camp. No longer is he a slave out there feeding pigs. No, he's home. He's a son. Bring sandals and put them on his feet. My question this morning, are you wearing the sandals this morning? Hopefully you're not wearing socks with your sandals, but um, are you wearing those sandals this morning? Are you clothed? In the robe of righteousness this morning. Not your righteousness, that's no good. But the righteousness that comes, how you got the robe of righteousness this morning. And do you know that if you're a son, you have a ring of authority in prayer. Come before God, oh God, teach me, Lord. Teach me to love the things. Teach me to be like you. And there's authority and there's power in prayer. Have you got that this morning? Amazing grace. The Father on this story pours grace upon grace. And God, today, he pours grace upon grace upon you. Abounding, overwhelming, astounding grace upon grace upon you this morning. How wonderful is that? Someone say amen. How wonderful is that? But the second son didn't share that grace. In fact, he didn't want that grace. What the second son wanted, he wanted to work to get favor with his father. That's what he wanted. He didn't want that grace. He wanted to work for it. And so we read in the next verse, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. That is what he felt he had to do to get into his father's favor. He saw his obedience as slavery. I've been slaving in your house. I've been obeying you every single day. And you didn't even give me a goat. Working and working and working. I want to win your favor by work. That's what he was saying. That son, should have need to, he needed to listen to what the Apostle Paul had to say. Because if the Apostle Paul saw him and met him, Paul would turn around and say to him, let me go back to, for it is by grace, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. That's how you're going to be accepted into my family, says God. I'm going to accept you into my family by grace and grace alone. It's by grace only, not by works. I don't want any boasting coming from my people. No one to come up to me and say, well, I preached for 25 years. I should be up the top tree. I've been in the church for 50 years. I should be in the front row. No boasting in my, my, my people, because it's like grace and grace alone. And it seems to me that grace may seem more wonderful to the person who have lived in the gutter. Grace may seem more wonderful to a person who's been in the gutter, but I want to say, in God's eyes, everyone's in the gutter. Everybody is in the gutter. And everybody needs His grace. Don't tell me, oh, I've been in prison for 20 years. Oh, I've been dealing in drugs and oh, God really had to save me. Don't tell me that I've been a good person and I've been in the church and and I don't need much grace, only a little tiny bit of grace to get me through. Don't tell me that because in God's sight, everybody's in the gutter and everybody needs his abounding, overwhelming grace to be poured upon their life you and me alike. Praise God for his grace. This older son didn't share that grace. He wanted to work. But the Lord says, no. It's my grace that will bring you into my house. Let's close with our final point here. Sharing the Father's grace finally Sharing the father's love. I want you to see that this older son did not share his father's love. You see, the father's love for the young boy who went missing was evident, was was completely open. The very fact he had a feast and a celebration was only an expression of the father's love. The boy come home and the father cracked open everything because he wanted to express deep down, he wanted the son to know that he's loved and he's loved greatly. That's why they had the celebration. It was an expression of the father's love. Well, the older boy, the older son, he missed it. He missed that expression. But that wasn't the only thing he missed. He missed something else as well. Not only did he miss the expression of the father's love in a celebration, he also missed the expression of the father's love to him. He missed that as well. Look in the Bible again, where it says, The older brother became angry and refused to go in. Now hear this. So his father went out. Let me say it again. He refused to come in. And the father didn't say, oh, that stupid older boy, leave him be. I'm going to stay here and enjoy my food. No, the Bible said the father, he went out of the celebration, left the party, left the people enjoying themselves. And he left all of that because there was a love in his heart for the older boy. And he leaves the celebration, and he goes out into where the boy was. And the Bible says, he pleads. Did it say to him, come inside, please? No. He pleaded, pleaded with him. There was an expression of love flowing from the father to this boy. I'm pleading with you. Come inside, come inside, come inside even though you're respectable, even though you stayed at home with your parents, even though you worked in the field, even though you've been a good boy, as as far as a child is, I'm pleading with you. Come inside. Because I love you. The reason why he pleads It's because this older son has also turned away from the father. The older son has rejected the father. The older son does not understand the father. And so the father pleads with him, come inside, share my heart, share my mind, share my will, come. Does he listen? Does he take up the father's plea? Well, we don't know. The story ends with a conversation outside, so we don't know. But listen to this. God still pleads with respectable people today. He still pleads with a husband and a wife who've been greatly looking after their family for many years. He pleads with the sons and the daughters who have been great children in the home. He pleads and he pleads with men and women who look, who look at themselves and say, you know, we're okay and we're not like those who live in the poor areas who are digging in bins looking for food. No, we go to Tesco's and to Waitrose. We do our shopping properly. We don't do these things. We are respectable people. I want to tell you, Jesus goes out and he pleads with you. And he says, come, draw close, put down your respectability, put down your religion, put down your self-righteousness, put down your self-importance, put it down, he says. I'm pleading with you, come into the celebration whether you're in a far country sitting feeding pigs or whether you're in the church as a respectable person, the father goes out. He goes out to the far kid and he looks every day hoping he comes back and when he comes, he embraces him and he goes to the son who's in his own house. He goes out the door and he pleads with him to come home, to come inside. That pleading is what Paul had when he preaches. And he says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God was making his appeal through us, we implore you. That word implore is a strong word. He says, as though God was making his appeal through us, we plead with you, we implore you. Don't stand outside of the kingdom. We beg you, be reconciled to God. Don't let anything put you off. Don't let anyone hold you back. Don't let family ties cause you to stay where you are. No, we implore you as God himself is employing you and pleading with you. Be reconciled to God. That is what Paul says. That is what God is doing, even this morning through a broken, weak vessel, pleading with men and women. Why? Look at this wonderful promise. God made him who had no sin to be sin so that you and me might become the righteousness of God. God looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, you're perfect. I know you're wonderful. You're perfect. But I'm going to make you sin. I'm going to punish you as a sinner because I want to see those in Golding's church wearing your robe of righteousness. I want to see those in Golding's church dressed not in rags of their own works, but I want to see them dressed In the beauty of your own righteousness. I want to put sandals upon their feet. I want to put a ring upon their finger. I want to celebrate those in Loughton this morning. That's why I'm going to make you sin. So I can make them righteous. I pleaded on behalf of God. But in this story, God himself pleads. The father pleads with the older son. Put down your respectability and come inside the celebration. May God in his power move your heart. You can pray the prayer that Jim and I used to pray. Lord, teach me to hate the things you hate and to love the things that you love. Let's pray. Father, I'm amazed your grace. Your grace, Lord God is overwhelming. Overpowering. Your grace, Lord, cannot really be described or cannot really be understood but I thank you that that grace is available for every single person here today, young or old, rich or poor. Your grace, Lord, is wonderful and amazing, and we thank you and we praise you for your tremendous grace. Lord God, do a work today. Draw even those who... Feel that they've got a a, a level of respectability. Draw them, oh God, into the very presence of the Almighty, we pray. That they might know your grace and your love. Lord, I want to thank you for my brother Stan Langbridge today. Lord, thank you that you brought him into your house today. Again, we pray for our brother. Thank you for the grace that's been on his life. Bring healing and strength to his whole body, Lord, we pray. We glorify you that you are not, you have not forgotten your people. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand, shall we, as we close in worship.